0: Did you know photographers are three times more likely to have mental health issues than the general population? We're kickstarting season 14 and the podcast for 2023 with a conversation around that very important topic. Today's guest, Jessica McGovern from That Talk Spot is known to be completely open about her own mental health, but has also researched and studied mental health, which is why I asked her on the show today. Before we get into that episode, though, I just want to remind you that bookings for the pet photographers retreat in Tuscany this April close this week. Jess is on the instructor lineup. She'll be teaching you all about off-camera flash if you opt into that workshop, as well as calibration and col- calibration and color management for printing your work, working with agencies for commercial work, and and quite a few more classes as well. You can head on over to retreat dot The Pet Photographers to grab all of the details. See you there.
1: Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now, on to the show.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty McConnell and today I'm chatting with Jessica McGovern of That Tog Spot. Welcome to the club Jess. Hey Kirsty. thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm going to give the listener a bit of a backstory into who you are just in case they don't quite know who you are and why they should be listening to you today. Yeah, sure.
1: So I'm Jess McGovern. I am from Yorkshire in England in the UK and I, I teach photography stuff on the internet is the easiest and simplest way that I can describe what we do. So I am a portrait photographer. I take on a very small number of clients now just because of my teaching stuff. I do pet portraits and other portraits but also some commercial work as well. And alongside that, the biggest part of what I do is teaching photography. Most of that is via our YouTube channel in terms of free content, free educational content that's released every Friday. And we also have a premium membership, online courses, and uh, some of the bits and pieces as well. So that's kind of who I am and what I do.
0: Awesome, and uh, I'm sure the listener will head on over and check all of those things out. But for now, let's jump into this conversation around mental health, something that we really should be talking about more. And I know is something that you're very open about. So, just for yeah, the listener, let them know like a little bit about your backstory. I mean, how is it that you are, um, you know, so passionate about this topic?
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, most people know that I'm quite open about this and I do speak about it now and again. I guess the first thing that I need to say is that I'm not a mental health professional, which is important for me to know. So everything that I'm about to say is, is anecdotal. And if anybody is struggling with their mental health, please do seek the correct professional mental health support from your family doctor or whoever that. Professional is in the country that you're listening from, so that's probably the first thing. The why I'm interested in it and why it means so much to me personally is because I am a, I guess, a sufferer. If you want to use that word, I have diagnosed mental illnesses. I have had a couple of those diagnoses since I was in my mid-teens. So anxiety and depression for me, and then also I've been diagnosed with complex. Complex post-traumatic stress disorder, so CPTSD, which is similar to PTSD but but kind of different. It's it's really not the same thing. And so as somebody who has these and also as someone who's a bit of a bookworm and a geek, I went and um, out of my way to learn as much as I possibly could. I love psychology, I love the brain, I love structures of the brain, how you can train your brain. And how your brain, because it's a muscle, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can rewire your neural pathways and how your brain connects to reshape how you see the world and also build up a little bit more resilience for triggers that you might have. As photographers, professionally, we put ourselves in a a little bit of a dangerous situation because we're, I guess, exposed to specific triggers, which I think we'll probably come on to a little bit later on. But for me, it was really interesting when I started teaching photography because obviously I am speaking then to a lot of professional photographers, and the common theme that came about was actually if I was open anywhere, just didn't matter where it was, whether it was a private conversation, whether it was publicly on social media or whatever, if I was open about mental health in in any way, or was just open to discuss it then I would end up with either a flurry of messages or honesty back from the photographer that was in that case sat in front of me saying that, you know, they're experiencing the same thing. Maybe they have had a diagnosis of depression, anxiety, a personality disorder, an eating disorder, a sleep disorder, whatever it might be. And actually I wasn't alone. It got to the point in 2020 where the sheer volume of professional photographers who were being open with me personally, usually privately via DM, about their own situation almost got to a point where it was actually quite worrying. There was a trend that I could see based on these conversations that, you know, actually the majority of pet photographers are suffering with something in some way, even if that is low self-esteem, low self-worth whether it's anxiety, depression, one of the complex disorders or whatever it might be, it was actually the fact that there's far more of us that are experiencing these things than
0: people who aren't, right? It's quite terrifying. I mean, you were actually telling me before we started recording and and maybe you can find some of those numbers that you shared with me earlier that you did this study a few years ago. So I guess what you just told us then that, you know, It started with your own history and then the conversations, you know, made it become aware to you that this was quite a large shared experience amongst people in the industry. That's what's then led you to do this study. So did you want to just give a little bit of a background to the listener about this study that you want to talk? What was involved? Because you did say at the start that, you know, you did this kind of little disclaimer that it's all anecdotal, et cetera, but actually you've done quite a lot of research into This field, so maybe you can just yeah share what it is that you put together, and and then maybe we can talk about some of the stats in that.
1: Yeah, sure, hundred percent. So this was in 2020. After I was having these just these messages, and honestly, some of them were, were really worrying. We were in a situation where it got to the point where via DM, me and and the team here were finding crisis resources for someone in Mexico who was feeling like life wasn't worth living anymore like that's the point that it got to and I was like what the heck is happening right I know that we're all in a pandemic and stuff but surely it can't be that prevalent I always thought I was just weird right and, and it turns out I'm not I'm actually quite normal and so I thought because I'm a data geek I wanted to dig into this a bit more and see look if I can find any trends in any way shape or form maybe I can get other people to listen to me about this and maybe the photographic organizations maybe health services or whatever who can like actually identify that this is a problem and something that we can solve so what I did was I did a short survey to my own audience which I thought would be a little bit biased if I'm being honest because I'm so open about this topic it's likely I would attract people who were also open about this topic and therefore it might be that we actually just have a biased sample but i found some really scary results in my own little mini survey so i think we had about 250 responses from from mine and then i sent my results and my findings to the uk photographic organisations and said look is there any way that you guys can help do something about this with your membership and your influence and one of them came back and said that they would so we did a joint study based on their membership we looked at specifically the UK just because we can there was a large enough sample size to make that statistically significant realistically and we just did a survey now obviously this isn't peer-reviewed it's not scientific as it were but it was very detailed and with very good number of responses and actually what we found was that for professional photographers working photographers people who earn money from photography for them they had more than triple the prevalence of symptoms of mental illnesses than the general UK population. So, our results showed it was between 75 to 79 percent of working photographers experienced symptoms of mental illness, whether that is depression, anxiety, sleep disorders, ADHD, personality disorders, so on and so forth. And the UK population was at 20 percent. So, that's an astronomical amounts and I guess it for me it's sort of almost like proved to myself that this is something that we do need to
0: talk about more. Mm, definitely. I mean that's a huge number and in comparison to the general population as well, certainly we can see that that's yeah, that's something that we really need to be talking about within our industry specifically. So okay, you've done this research, you've taken it to the different institutes or bodies of photography in the UK you've dived into it further you've found these results what can we do now I mean we're having the conversation yes this is great but you you mentioned earlier isolation was one of the the key kind of Mm -hmm. um, underlying factors I suppose so is that one of the things that we we can be doing I mean from your point of view personally not from the, the point of view of a therapist because that's not who I'm talking to but from your point of view where do you see change being the most useful
1: yeah. So I saw when when we delved into this research a little bit more and we, we put some more questions to the audience, what we found was that we could group the major causation factors of mental illness that, that are documented in scientific literature. So there are certain factors that increase the likelihood of ending up with asymptomatic mental illness and those things were grouped into different areas for us and we found that for working photographers the biggest issue the biggest thing that makes it makes a big difference is stress and pressures which include things like financial stress financial worry burnout things like that all fall into that category and then the second most prevalent was social isolation as a causative factor and then the third one was self-esteem and so we kind of extrapolated on that at the time and mapped it to some different kind of areas of professional photographers' lives. And it was really interesting actually delving into that because stress and pressures related more heavily to business situations, dealing with customers, finances, sales. Those things are things that you cover, Kirsty, relatively frequently on this podcast. And then social isolation is obviously it's quite a solitary career path you're by yourself yes you do speak to clients but it's not like you have colleagues that you can sit and chat to in the office and often we work late on a night sometimes we're just introverts in general so we lose a lot of social contact and then self-esteem is directly tied to social media and the comparison culture that we have of viewing social media and seeing someone else's highlight reel and thinking that that's you know that's their normal and it's not that's a lie so education on these points and also just making sure that you're protecting yourself from them is really
0: important I think that's the starting point definitely definitely and I think also maybe putting some measures in place early on right to protect yourself Mm -hmm. you know if if you've already received some help if you recognize (laughs) that maybe you're heading down a path that isn't you know, the direction that is, is where you want to be, then yep, just putting some measures in place to help those three avenues. At least it sounds like that might be a good suggestion. So you mentioned the first one, you know, finances, that kind of thing. I mean, that we do talk about on the podcast a lot. You're right. The second point you mentioned was isolation. And in fact, that's the reason there is this podcast in the first place. I noticed when I started my business, I moved to another city. And I didn't have any family, any friends, nothing. I just randomly decided to move there. I launched my business there. I was 21 years old. And after a few years of that, which, you know, I was also super poor because it was like the, you know, I was trying to launch a business without any support mm-hmm. or anything, the first couple of years or first year. And so, you know, there was definitely all of those pressures. The first thing you spoke about, but at the same time, I was young and careless, I guess. But the second point, definitely after, it was literally years though, but after a few years, I realized, Hey, this is probably not healthy being completely alone all the time. And then shortly after Caitlin and together, we, you know, we became friends and that actually made a huge difference to my day-to-day life. And my business as well, because I was able to, you know, chat with someone who actually gets it, you know, so we were communicating quite regularly. Then our kind of conversations expanded and and we brought in a few other people as well that we were close with at that time that were also pet photographers. And then from there, the podcast began. And for me, it's been beautiful to have these connections with people from all over the world. And that's why also we've started doing, you know, you might not have seen, but for the listener, we're doing these member meetups. We're trying to do more workshops that are like attend live. Of course, the retreat, these kinds of things definitely. So what kind of things did you put into place, Jess, or are you working on at the moment personally, or what things have you seen other photographers do that's working for them to help with this this isolation?
1: So in terms of social isolation, I think that it's really important to Make sure that you are basically having a, a social life or some social connection outside of photography. I think that's really, really important. Whether that's that you have a hobby, whether you work, you do some charitable work or whatever at the local shelter, or whether you just spend some time with family and friends that have got no connection to photography. I think that that's really, really important because we have this strange photography internet bubble that we have, right and it's, it's great. Um, and I'll get onto that in a second. But at, at the same time, it also just kind of cut us off from actual reality, mm-hmm. most of the time. So having something that you're doing outside of that, so I have and always have had a external hobby, something that I do outside, it's usually something remotely animal slash sport related. So I competed up to a reasonably high level in dog agility. And then now I have a horse and I do stuff with the horse, mostly solitary, but we do compete. We've got friends in that circle. So that's what I do personally. But then when you're also looking at the photographic communities, I think finding local photographers that you can gel with and and trust and stuff is great. I think online is a dangerous space, but I think that it still can be healthy. So in, in an unmanaged Facebook group, for example, one where you know, admin aren't specifically looking for little warning signs and issues. Then it can be a little bit dangerous for from a mental health perspective, especially if you're quite vulnerable. But for example, our premium membership community in the online Facebook group is, I'm, and I'm I'm not just saying this. People premium members have said that this with a warm place that they do feel genuinely safe to just be themselves and ask questions and post things that they maybe wouldn't post elsewhere. Because I have just a zero tolerance. Reaction to anything that could be deemed as negative—it's just like I—I I don't have time for this in my life, so it's not going to be here. And so I—I I kind of guard that. So special things like that, but also friends. Just like some photographers are fantastic friends, and some of my closest friends are photographers. Some of my students are now some of my closest friends. It's like a really strange kind of turnaround, but. <laughs> The social isolation aspect, there are people there who are open to connecting. I think the scariest thing for some photographers to do is to make that first connection. So just start a conversation or just say, put something out there somewhere into the universe saying, you know, is anybody able to talk because I'd like to connect with somebody? The amount of people that would respond to that positively is huge. Mm -hmm, Absolutely huge. So... I think it's worthwhile just to start conversations and not just the light conversations, not just like, Oh, you know, what are you shooting this week? That's not, everybody knows me. I get quite deep quite quickly in conversations and that's the kind of conversations that make you feel like you're actually connected to another human being. So things that that person's really struggling with right now, is there anything that you can do to lighten their load? And then at the same time that will often happen in return and that kind of relationship is really useful. So there's lots of things you can do for social isolation. But I think outside of photography is is just as important, if not more so, than inside
0: photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, you were saying that the third major cause, was it, or contributor factor was, was self-esteem related to social media, I think. Now, that must tie in pretty closely with what we are just saying, actually, that if, you know, you're actually having friends both in and outside of the photography world that I imagine that that must help with balancing what you're seeing on social media because suddenly you know you're seeing your your photographer friend posting this amazing life on Instagram but you know them in real life and you know what's actually going on right it helps with a bit of grounding yeah yeah definitely But what about, you know, do you have any other tips that can help with that when it comes to feeling, yeah, like for self worth and this kind of thing linked to social media?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, social media for me, I find difficult. Everybody knows that, I think, about me. If you've listened to anything that I've said previously elsewhere about this kind of a topic, everybody knows I find social media very, very hard, which a lot of people find confusing because, um, my business runs on social media right so it's a bit of a backwards thing i'm an introvert by nature i find social situations very difficult in general and i obviously have because we've talked about it pre-existing mental health conditions right so i'm like the probably the worst person ever to be on social media but I still am and i think that you can do it and you can do it in a in a safe way that does protect yourself but even if you think that you're fine right and you are like hundred percent resilient and you, you don't take notice of any of these things it's really interesting to see how certain platforms specifically and mainly Instagram are really really negative for self-esteem and self-worth and also it can be very very damaging to your overall confidence and your in your ability right so the main thing about social media for me is and how I personally go about protecting myself is that First of all, if I'm in a community and that's usually on Facebook, but it could be a group chat anywhere else. If I'm in a community that is making me feel less than worthy of being there or making me feel really negative about myself in any way, then I'll just remove myself from that situation because I just don't just don't need it. And I'm able to do that now, whereas previously I wasn't. There are certain industry areas that are harder than others to kind of just remove yourself from, but you can just remove yourself, turn off the notifications and, and, and just get out of that situation is it is probably the easiest thing to do. There are other situations where, for example, I personally, even though I am a trainer, I don't follow any other trainer on any social media platform, like none, even if they're my close friends. One exception to that is the Pet Photographers Club, which I do follow on Instagram. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but really other than that, I, I don't. I just don't because I know my own limitations. You know, I have physical limitations as well, which a lot of people do know about. And I know that I can't hike up mountains. Like I just I literally physically can't do it. I can't hike up mountains. I can't get out there for golden hour all the time physically I actually can't and so I sit and I scroll through social media and I see all these amazing trainers and amazing photographers I don't follow them either and all I feel is I wish I could do that but I know I literally can't like I actually physically can't do it so what's the point in me just sitting there and looking at it all Mm -hmm. because it's like I'm just making myself feel horrendous for literally no reason so I just don't follow them
0: I mean I find myself constantly unsubscribing from email lists even yeah like before we started recording jess and i were discussing some things in the industry and i said oh i have no idea because i i'm completely out of touch and jess was like oh me too (laughs) like oh okay well then we don't know anything (laughs) and i guess it's now we're seeing why i mean for me is you know when something comes through that makes me feel like a bit in i mean i'm a competitive person so i start feeling envious or something like that or or lesser than or whatever it might be. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like feeling like this. And eventually if I might myself unsubscribing from a mailing list, then it might also be like, well, socials is usually the first thing, you know, I unsubscribe mm-hmm. from, I mean, I unfollow, you know, like you, other coaches, other educators, other platforms, etc. because I know that they don't make me feel good. They don't make me do any better because it's, you know, it's nicer for me. And this goes the same for photographers as well to just focus on what it is you're needing to put out there, because then you know, your content is always unique you know you you don't have to worry about any overlap anywhere because you couldn't have even been exposed to it and that's really the same for photographers you know so if trying to do what somebody else is doing and then seeing their work is making you not feel good then just separating yourself from that surely is is something to consider and that's what you're saying too Jess right
1: yeah definitely I think it's 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 one of the easiest things to do to just unfollow and and so many people just don't do it. I feel like a lot of people feel like they get inspiration from those sources. And I think that's fine. You know, if you're getting inspiration from that, and you're looking at it aspirationally, So you're looking at like, yeah, you know, I really want to learn how to do that thing, then fine. Like, absolutely fine. I think that's a really positive association and a a positive connection. But if you are looking at these things, and sometimes it's very difficult to consciously realize what you're actually thinking until you train yourself to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you... If you leave, so let's say, imagine the situation you're on your phone, it's the end of the day and you're sat and you're scrolling through Instagram and you're seeing these amazing pictures. If you put your phone down and you feel worse than you did when you picked your phone up, then that is a surefire sign you need to maybe start to unfollow some people who are on your Mm -hmm. feed because something's making you feel bad. Right. I'm not saying that everybody, everything should feel good. I'm not saying that you should be happy hundred percent of the time. That's unrealistic. And I think it's also good to have a little bit of maybe I should up my game. Right. Because I feel like that's a little bit, a little bit helpful, sure. but, but there's a limit to that. And I think that you should be in control of how often that happens. So it's not all of the time. So my social media feed is a kind of a mixture of completely unrelated to photography friends. So that social side that I was talking about. So people who've got nothing to do with photography in the slightest and photographers who I personally feel like I can connect with on a bit of a deeper level and a couple of photographers who are nothing to do with what I shoot, like the literally completely different niches who I really admire their work from. And that's it. Like that's, that's, that's it. And I feel like that's a very simplistic look at my social media feeds, but that's kind of it. I don't feel like mo- many pet photographers have a, a um, an issue with like negative comments and things like that it doesn't tend to happen it's not really a normal situation but if you've got somebody locally to you who's copying what you do which is really common then the best thing you can do is just unfollow them and block them they're still going to find a way to copy I just wouldn't worry about it that's a
0: whole other topic though. <laughs> well, then it's not getting like a uh, smacked in your face, at least, you know, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. You're on your in your journey then. Yeah. Now, Jess, you've shared heaps with, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, this topic is something that you can always talk about more and more, right? But at some point, we have to wrap up. So just before we do that, is there any resources out there that you've found to be super helpful that you would recommend that the listener check out if if perhaps they're worried for their own mental health at the moment.
1: I think the the main thing is if you are worried in any way, like right in anything in any way, maybe you've just got a bit of low self-esteem about your photographic work that you're putting out at the moment or maybe you're feeling a little bit down about something else. In those ways, the smaller ways, Genuinely, I can't recommend finding a good therapist enough. It, it doesn't even have to be, you know, some amazing one that everybody touts about. If you just find a, a therapist, someone that you can talk to, if you don't have anyone you can talk to in your existing circle, because I, I didn't, if I'm being honest. At the time, I didn't have anybody I could talk to about anything that I was experiencing. And so I went to professionals first. The alternative for that is if you have someone in your social circle who you feel like you can trust with being genuinely raw and honest then do that so speak to somebody is the best resource that you can have because actually you it helps with that social isolation part and actually makes you feel like you're connected to you're heard you're listened to and you will feel better usually after just talking about it But if it's, if it's outside of that, if you're in a crisis situation, you need to, you do need to reach out and get crisis resources. That's the truth. So I'll maybe see if I can provide our set of crisis resources to you, Kirstie, so that they can accompany this podcast. And then outside of that, genuinely, probably the best thing for me has been learning about my brain. I think that sounds really strange, but books, books that are written with scientific background, but are easy to understand so self-help books but on like a bit more of a scientific spectrum about how your brain works how to train your brain things like even things like the simple art of not giving a f right even books like that (laughs) you (laughs) even the books like that are really good and there's, there's another book that helps really well with procrastination that's called get i can't am i allowed to swear i don't know yes you are (laughs) <laughs> okay, so there's another book that does help with overcoming procrastination called Get Shit Done. And I think that's a really good book as well. I think a lot of professional photographers do actually struggle with procrastination. So that's a good one. Uh, and there's this some of the books that are useful, but I think it's very specific to what you're currently experiencing. So I think sometimes speaking to a, a medical professional, a mental health professional, is a really good starting point because they can at least identify these things That you can then look into more detail which would be helpful
0: okay and I'll definitely pop all the links that you sent through and the few that you mentioned just then as well into the show notes as well for the listener but just to close definitely you know you're you're not alone the stats are overwhelming
1: it sounds really cliche doesn't it like you're not alone but it's the truth like it genuinely is you really are not alone that is a hardline fact
0: that I can promise (laughs) yeah and so yeah definitely yeah, don't be afraid to reach out for any help that that you know that is available to you and get involved in. I mean, our community is super open and welcoming. Jess's as well. If any community is making you feel bad, get out of there. Whether it's like Jess was saying earlier, just like any random free Facebook group or, or whatever it is, just get out of there. Find a space that makes you feel happy, and nice, and positive. And of course, you know, contact some local professionals if that's needed too. But thank you so much, Jess, for everything you've shared today. You really are an open book, and it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I am looking forward to hanging out in person. With wine for me, vodka for you and <laughs> fresh pasta, fresh veggies and all the other great things that Tuscany has to offer in a, a couple of months time when we are at the Pet Photographer's Retreat in Tuscany. So I will see you there. See you there, Kirsty. I'm actually <laughs> really excited about it. Super. <laughs> well-